Hey everyone, just want to encourage you to find us on your listening platform and give us a rating. Anywhere you listen to that has a rating system, go on over and give us a rating and maybe leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. These ratings really do help. Thank you so much for listening. On to this week's episode. Welcome to another episode of Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals where we're going to do a very loose soft reboot kind of episode and we're going to talk about probably going to be the biggest second biggest movie of the year black Mm -hmm. panthers the sequel the long-awaited one and the how the hell are they going to do it one black panther wakanda forever and this is going to be a good one too because we do have a special guest on so stay tuned to hear from her i'm nicole and i'm rolando and this is remakes reboots and revivals an original podcast about unoriginality I think we actually got that in sync this time. I think so, too, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the biggest struggle. Um, So, like I said, we have a guest, and for the third time this year, we are pleased to have Mackenzie Green on the show. Hello, Mackenzie. I I don't know if I'm the first three-peat, but I'm going to pretend I am. You are definitely the first three-peat. The first three-peat. I like how I've just inserted myself into the show and no one asked for it, but I frequently will end (laughs) our previous recordings being like, so I'll be back for blank. And then like, it's just like, oh, okay. We, oh, no, we welcome you. Like, we'd be lying if we said we weren't excited to have this episode. Yeah, like, yeah it was uh, after the Jurassic World episode where we were like, so when you coming back? Yeah, I literally was like, I'll be hair. back for And then, like, you know, it says a lot when, like, I'm literally watching the, like, Little Mermaid trailer and I'm just DMing Rolando on the side being like, so I'll be <gasps> back right. on the show. Oh, yeah. No, oh, I can't so wait. Excited. I'm trying to interview some of those uh, black parents who film their kids reacting oh to their to their kids watching the trailer for the first time because like I think those I'm trying to get like a collection of some of those interviews for that episode I mean, I to like insert because like I, I cried I like sobbed. when I saw those I sobbed the first thing I did I looked for an old picture of myself from Halloween wearing a very ratty ugly mm-hmm. red <laughs> party city Halloween wig with like yeah. this mermaid because I and I remember the whole night people were like what are you supposed to be and in my head I was like are you guys blind I have red hair a seashell bra and fins. Like, I'm clearly the little mermaid. And I just remember, like, again, off of the, like, children get it and adults don't. I remember kids being mm-hmm. like, you're the little mermaid. And adults are like, who are you supposed to be? And it's like, who do you think? And now I'm, I'm so excited for all the little brown and black girls that no longer have to get the, who are you supposed to be? Yeah, totally, Seriously, for yeah. sure. And actually, that kind of reminds me of the story that while watching this film actually kind of like just reminded me again it's just one thing no 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 it's the thing it's just like uh i didn't realize how important it is to see like kind of your own representation on screen because like i know that for example black panther was a huge moment for the black community obviously and i I knew that i uh what's it called same thing for shang chi for the asian community to see themselves in the superhero form to see kind of uh, relate with a Hispanic character and see not necessarily my background, but like, uh, you know, we're all in, I'm Hispanic and stuff. So seeing that reference, it kind of did spark something in me that was just like, oh, this is awesome. And it just reminded me of this one time when I was a kid, I was convinced that I was going to be like Batman when I grow up. I I was convinced I was going to be Batman on screen, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it was, there's like an age where it hits you where it's just like, oh wait, I can't be Batman. A, I was fat. But B, I'm when Hispanic. You start looking, yep, when you look in the mirror and, and that's you're it. like, oh. 
I don't look yeah. like yeah. Bruce Wayne. I would never be Bruce Wayne. And it's yeah. just like, it's kind of refreshing with like movies like, you know, the upcoming Little Mermaid. It's just like, that's not the case anymore. And I'm like, that's great. What a yeah. world to be Seriously. a part of right now. You, you know? know what's wild? And I always think like, because I have to keep reminding myself of this, right? As I'm watching the movie where I was like, wow, M'Baku is, is what black women wish black men would be to them. Or I'm like, oh mm-hmm. my God, Namor. Like how ri-. I'm like, mm-hmm. we all got to mm-hmm. zoom out for a second and give props to Ryan Coogler, who mm-hmm. basically yeah. said, all right, Kevin Feige, I have the, the binder full of characters. I'm going to mm-hmm. take Namor. I'm going to change his entire origin. And I'm going like, because somebody had this great example where they said, like, it's this idea of when you get to the top, you pull the ladder up behind you is like what we're all so accustomed to is like what progress is. Mm -hmm. And this idea that Ryan Coogler, like you said, made one of the biggest movies in the world, had so much inclusion, was like allowed black people to see themselves in this like fantastical realm. And then they went, all right, you get a second movie. What do you want to do? And he was like. I'm bringing the Mexicans with me this time. And everybody was like, "Wait, what?" And he was like, "And the indigenous people. Hold my beer, real quick. I'm gonna go rewrite this entire origin story of Namor, and I'm gonna make him. It's like again, it is seared in my brain till the day yeah. I die. I will literally be repeating. His people do not call him general or king. They call him cool, cool, gun. I mean, I will live and die by that being one of the greatest lines." In yeah. They put that in the trailer too. Oh. When I saw the movie, I was like, "That was in the trailer!" Yeah. Like yeah. it stuck out. Uh, just to take it back to Ryan Coogler, who's the filmmaker of this, he's got a really impressive filmography. Oh, he's yeah, made less than five films, right? Yeah, he really? made Fruitvale right? Station. Mm-hmm. Fruitvale Station in 2013, really like. short, impressive, independent movie That's that one got with, him. Uh, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan is in yes. it. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan's in practically It is the most staggering movie. Like, to think about watching that movie and now where we are and where he was yes. by the time he was making, I'm just like, wow. It, and yeah, yeah. and movies weren't kind of like being made like that no. as like recent as 2013, you know, mm-hmm. which is insane. That gave him the leverage to make a big project like Creed. He made the first Creed, oh, did which he? is yes. the big revival of know. the Rocky thing. Yeah, which is just a clever and really, really good film. Yeah. Full and then I he got Black Panther. Oh, my God. You got to see. You want to talk about a movie that will break me down? I yeah. cry, snot and cry through that movie in a way that like no movie. Like I thought I cried hard in Endgame. You want to see me lose my mind? <laughs> Sit next to me while I'm watching Creed. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, was like kind of like to do list. It led to Cobra Kai, too. It's like, all right, let's go yeah. to the next generation, you know, and like, mm-hmm. look at now let's like switch things around. Now Rocky's the teacher and yep. all this stuff. So really clever. Uh, and then he did Black Panther and Black Panther Wonder, Wakanda Forever. So it's just like, wow, Ryan Coogler. Way to, way to. Have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the most impressive CV ever. I feel like he uh, also is probably one of your people, Nicole, in the fact that like, I don't know if you've seen interviews, but he is such a lover of film and TV Ooh, in a way see. that when he sits with these people and they're like okay so tell me what the inspiration was and he will get as like granular as like what did somebody <laughs> say they were like what was the inspiration he was like fargo season two and he was like oh it's a fargo and he was like no no fargo season two he was mm-hmm. like uh atlantis the animated movie from disney <laughs> like he started like <laughs> listing these references that you could tell the woman was like oh uh-huh, uh huh. Okay. Uh huh. <laughs> like no, yeah. Especially when I saw this film 
last night, I saw it last night, uh, in a huge theater. And I just got kind of like taken aback by the grandiose, yeah. like the grandiosity of it. I was like, this man loves cinema. You yes. Know, which I think it's also mm-hmm. just another thing added to it. But wait, let's take a step back. Another and step back. we're going to really talk about Wakanda Forever. But I want to hear your guys' stories of when you first saw Black Panther back in 2018. Oh. Mackenzie, you go first. Oh, my God. So I already was like, a marvel fan right Mm -hmm. and then civil war happens and i'm like what and like and i was definitely a marvel fan in the sense that like when you were talking rolando about representation i loved the x-men because that Mm -hmm. was like i was like storm she's like me rally barry does not look like the character but we love (laughs) what we can get and all of a sudden there was this man in this suit and i was like what the what is this and people were like well he has a movie coming in a few years. And I remember going to see that movie and I remember like kind of being in shock almost like just from like the black women on screen, the dark skin black women on screen mm-hmm. and the fact that they were speaking in Tosa on camera and like all this stuff. And it was blowing my mind. And I remember when Denegir ripped off the wig, like, I don't think people understand the conversations around black women and their hair. It was something about her ripping the wig Mm -hmm. off and throwing it at somebody. And then Mm -hmm. for her to be on top of that car in this red. And I just remember being very like sitting there very silent through the whole thing by myself. I was living in New York, going to grad school. And I remember the movie ends and Kendrick Lamar and SZA started saying, and I just wept, just Mm -hmm sobbed and I remember this black couple walking past me being like same sis same and I was just I couldn't get myself to get it was like I had been fine the whole movie I was just kind of like huh huh and then it was just like it all hit me at one time and I couldn't catch my breath because I had never seen something like that and I think I also felt this like extreme excitement for myself like you said Rolanda it's like I dreamt of being James Bond. Like I remember mm-hmm. being yes. like, yep. I'm going to be James Bond. Then somebody was like, mm-hmm. well, no, you're going to be a Bond girl. And I was like, oh, oh my so, God. What? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then people were kind of like, mm, I don't know. You're going to be a Bond girl. And again, thank the Lord for Halle Berry. But it was like, <laughs> I just kept being like, well, why can't, and it was for some reason, all of a sudden my brain went from like wanting to be James Bond, wanting to be Batman, wanting to be, <sighs> all these other people to all of a sudden I just wanted to be a door melange just like in that moment I was like y'all can't tell me shit and it was just and that was my entire experience was just I left that theater with so much pride Mm. and I couldn't even put it into words and you know when people are like it's a fictional place it's not real it was like yeah I know that you know it was and I think knowing what the diaspora has done to black people it like gave those of us who always wished we knew where we were from like Mm -hmm. this land to pretend we were from and i lived in harlem so like you can only imagine how many wakanda forever salutes you gave each other on a daily (laughs) basis getting to and from the south it was wild like what a time to be alive during that movie yeah yeah that's yeah yeah i mean see i wish so that's kind of more or less the feeling I got when I saw Namor, I guess, on screen. Yeah. It was like this weird, it was just like, oh my God, like it's, they're like acknowledging my existence, but like in a way that felt authentic to the story. Yeah. It, was, mm-hmm. it didn't felt like, I, you know. Uh, but when I saw Black Panther, like I, I think I saw it opening weekend and stuff and I was just like in it because I'm, 
I mean, Nicole knows this. I do enjoy going to the Marvel movies because they are the movie equivalents of like a television program, which yeah. is why I think that this is like a like this is should be considered like a soft reboot for sure. Uh, it changes the dynamics of like the usual template of the Marvel movies, right? Uh, but yeah, no. When I saw Black Panther, I was just like blown away first and foremost by Angela Bassett who just doesn't age no. she's a goddess I know we all <laughs> praise J-Lo rightfully so but like Angela Bassett is in her 60s alright and she yeah. is stunning you know stunning absolutely stunning Uh, the cast was just so great and I think it was just like I think for me it was the first time I may have seen like Africa being portrayed in such a futuristic way that like yeah. you just don't see you just don't see in media yep. and yeah. I think that was just like a realization it's just like wow like what a what a moment like for, for cinema <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. you know yeah I remember in 20 20- so around like 2012 2013 I started getting superhero fatigue and I just checked out with a lot of those <laughs> movies um, but I remember I was in grad school and I don't know if you were still in the program with me Rolando in early 2018 no I would have been like, out already but I had heard about the Marvel movies, obviously, because, you know, I pay attention to the world. But, like, the dialogue around Black Panther was different. And I remember my professor even had this whole class or part of a class where he was talking about it. And he had this whole conversation. So I was like, I guess I got to see this movie now (laughs) because it was different. And it took me a while. But when I did see the movie, I think that there were a couple things that I wasn't prepared for. You know, in other ways, I'm like, it's just a superhero movie at the end of the day. But... The character of Killmonger, I actually thought, was my oh, favorite part of it. Yeah. And kind of like the dialogue that the film creates with you around him. I do think that they made him to one note, but I thought that he was probably my favorite villain I've ever seen in a film because I understood him. I understood his frustrations and I understood where he was coming from. And I thought that putting that as kind of like the mirror against, you know, this, this perfect, beautiful world of Wakanda was so interesting. Mm-hmm. Again, I think they made him to one note, but you know, like it was to me, I was like, wow, what a fascinating dialogue to have in a superhero movie. Can I say that my favorite? So, this is where I'm always like, I appreciate Ryan Coogler, right? Because when we were saying like yeah. Shang-Chi has notes where it's like, we, the three of us, won't get it, but somebody who's Asian, Asian American is going to watch them and be like, specific. So, like, yeah. where a lot of people are like, oh, Killmonger feels very one note. I'm like, Killmonger is every hotep I've ever ever had a conversation with in my life. Yeah. And like and I think that's what I love is like ultimately he and Nakia are saying the exact same thing through the whole movie, right? Like they're both making the same arguments, but Killmonger makes it from a very hotep perspective. And so like what made me always love that character is because he's such a villain. And because mm-hmm. again it's that conversation of like fiction can get you to zoom out more than real life. Because like people I knew that consider themselves to be like the most like pro-black thoughtful people were like Killmonger's got a point and I was like well why doesn't Nakia have a point and they're like well I don't know I just appreciate Killmonger's thought around it and I was like so can we admit that you actually are fighting for the same kind of supremacy that we're trying to fight against as when Nakia is thinking about like how do we move forward like it was just it created Mm -hmm. these interesting dialogues I got to have with people who previously acted like I have never aligned with the thoughts of a, of a five percenter of a hotep ever, 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 ever. And then they'd be like, well, Killmonger has a point. And I'd be like, no, he, what are you doing? And so it's like, and I loved that he was, he also is like rooted in this person that comes from such a traditional patriarchal way of viewing mm-hmm. blackness mm-hmm. that there is something 
we'll get to it later but there's something so powerful about where he drops in in that movie and his idea of what power looks like as we're like you've got t'challa who is fine having the queen as his advisor fine being surrounded by female warriors like all this kind of stuff that you're just like this is what we talk like this is what we as black folks talk about when we talk about like what is a black man that is thinking of his community and almost watching the split still where people are like Killmonger was right and I'm like you still want to stand by that you still want to you still want to ten toes down that whole thought process I just thought that was the most brilliant part of the character is that Ryan Coogler clearly spent enough time in the barbershop with the specific kind of guy that he was like oh I know who Eric Killmonger is I know him all day every day yeah I think Killmonger well, I think Killmonger tapped to like a rage that m- minority groups yes. were feeling at the time because this yeah, is like absolutely. very, very soon after yeah. Trump took office. I mean, I remember in grad school, our, our grad program was made up of predominantly majority people. Of course, the one, not the one white kid, but one of the few <laughs> white kids that was there, the smug look on his face when like Trump took office. Yes, oh and, my god, like, no, it was. Exactly it felt like what about. a like slapping yeah. us because it's just like you you know the horrible things he said about like our group, right? But you know what the most wild Killmonger line, which ev- I feel like everybody pauses at, is when he turns to Charlotte and he's like, "My people were in chains, and you, where were you guys?" Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. and that isn't like, and again, living in Harlem, going to see that the whole theater was like, mm-hmm. it was like the mm-hmm. collective wonder of like. Yeah, you know, it's like if this great savior existed, would it have come to look for all of us and to save us? Or would we be where we are right now being like, so you mean yeah. to tell me there was a magical land where y'all could have shot? Mm-hmm. Which is like where we get into the Namor part of it, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it's the response of you saw your people suffering. Now, what was the answer? And the homeboy right. mm-hmm. took mm-hmm. a whole different route. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it's so, I think just, the thing about it is that the conversations can happen after repeat viewings and it doesn't yes. stop. You mm-hmm. know, the film doesn't just kind of like hand everything over to you and says, well, that was that. I hope you enjoyed yourself. <laughs> There's new things that you can keep <laughs> grabbing from it and different perspectives you can take on repeat watchings. Yeah. So, um, and then it, obviously, I mean, do you guys actually remember, you know, when we lost Chadwick Boseman and oh, it yeah. was like, oh my gosh, just put a dent in everything. What year was that? Was that 2020? I believe it was 2020. Wow. I remember thinking yeah. it was fake. I remember thinking yeah. like that was a whole. I remember being like, "Well, that's really rude, guys. Like, you shouldn't start these celebrity death hoaxes. Death rumors, like, they're right. yeah, like they're not they're not funny." Yeah. And I've seen a lot of conversation around people being like, "I don't know why they had to." Obviously, we're getting to the film, and I don't follow rules, but like people being like, "Why they have to <laughs> memorialize and like bury the character on screen?" And it's like I think people forget. That he's not just Black Panther, he's Jackie Robinson, mm-hmm. he's Thurgood Marshall, he's uh-huh. James Brown. Like, he, he's Mr. To Be Young, Gifted, and Black. Like, it's like, I don't think people understood, like, losing him felt like losing this kind of, like, hope and opportunity. And, and I think at the timing, right, it's like, you're in the streets marching for Black lives, and then you find out that this, this kind of symbol... Mm-hmm. of boundless black possibility is gone it felt like oh okay how much more are we gonna lose in one year you know and it mm-hmm. just it mm-hmm. felt staggering and then simultaneously you feel kind of garbage of being like what happens to the story right and it's like how we ended up here of like is it a reboot it's like what even happens to the story right. what happens to the character what happens to this this idea 
Yeah, which yeah. I mean, I think the, those questions came up very, very early uh, after his passing, uh, and I think they're not unfair questions because this is this franchise. Th- I mean, he we're smack in the middle of like this franchise that like Marvel was kind of banking on. Like, I do think that they were going to make him more or less the face yeah. of of the Marvel Cinematic Universe until yeah. his untimely death. Yeah. And then I think the other thing was how shocking it was because like the man had like cancer. You, you know, know what, what I mean? And that, I think what's wild because I've heard um, Martin Freeman talk about this is that he says everybody always asks him, so none of you knew. And he was like, no. And he goes, the first question I asked Kevin Feige, like when we finally got on set and Feige came and all that, he was like, so be honest with me. You guys knew something, didn't you? And he was like, we knew nothing. And I think it's also this like, this idea of the character of a man, right? That mm-hmm. here he is, he signs on for the gig, knowing he has a terminal diagnosis and is like, all right, I'm going to do I'm going to do the best I can. Here we go. And it's like, and so it makes you almost zoom out when you've got simultaneously, you're thinking about at the same time, no shade to them, but Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. being in contact, contract negotiations and being like, do I want to continue on with this? And you've got Mm -hmm. this man being like, Mm -hmm. I'm taking it day by day, baby. Like, (laughs) I want to see this through as far as I can see it. And just, I was saying this to my mom, like, when you listen to Letitia Wright talk about like how he kept trying to talk to her on set about what it means to be a movie star, what it means to run. So- it's like you realize the character was having these conversations of, uh, of like a man has, has done wrong by his family. If he does not prepare them for his death, all this stuff. And you realize like he was having these deep, thoughtful conversations and all this stuff because he knew this had a finite timeline, but simultaneously it also makes you like, this is the most meta movie ever made where it's like <laughs> here he is talking to all of them about like, well, this is how you would do what I do. And it's like, okay, well, we'll just find out when you get back. And it's like, no, you know, or you got Ryan Coogler being like, I wrote the whole movie, got approval from Chadwick. And he was like, okay, but just like, think of it some other ways too. And then it's like, mm-hmm. and now he's gone. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the thing. And uh, I guess to that point, about uh what's it called about like <laughs> rethinking it right because i think that's the thing about marvel cinematic universe that we that why i gravitate towards it yeah. is that it ultimately does feel like a tv show at yeah. the beginning of the movie characters are one place by the end they're more or less in the same place like yeah <laughs> yes. some things change but they are still they, they survive and they're on to fight the next bad guy i think the only moments we get like big changes are the big event films yep yeah uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever had to do something different because they're just like we lost our star yeah. and Disney said we're not replacing him yeah. rightfully so mm. yeah. right but they also kind of did say it's just like well we're not we're not going to replace him I think it was already backlash of the thought of even being replaced right so they, they had to step in and say no we, we won't so they had to really reformulate the idea of now what is Black Panther going forward and that's why yeah. this kind of became like a soft reboot because now we had to I think I mean the first Black Panther they burnt all the herbs oh so it's just like I we mean know, yeah. so yeah. these like, oh, magical no. <laughs> coincidences that work to their advantage yeah mm-hmm. I kept saying as the thing opened and she was like I'm trying to remake the heart shape herb I was like oh right Killmonger right, yeah. did burn the entire field and I was like everybody better be thanking their lucky stars low key that that's something that they had at their mm-hmm. advantage was this idea of like 
it got of why destroyed. He, yeah. yeah. Of why he couldn't come back. The or why couldn't he like, survive. The same thing with the idea that the blip existed, right? It's like mm-hmm. all of Phase 4 has been introducing us to both like the comical sides of the blip ending and like the sad sides. And this idea that it hit me. Oh, right. They had technically come to terms with his absence and rebuilt the country mm-hmm. without him. And then all of a sudden, ta-da, he appeared post blip Mm -hmm. and they have to be like oh god okay well we had already figured this out without you and it's Mm -hmm. like oh and by the way i got sick in the like i just thought i kept thinking this has got to be one of the what like you said it always operates like a procedural it's like Mm -hmm. welcome back to the next episode as with this really required everybody to be like oh there's a brand new this is a brand brand new yeah plot that yeah. wasn't in kevin feige's master book that we now mm-hmm. have to think through it was basically yeah. the connors yes it became the connors it <laughs> became ABC, pretty much yes. yeah. it became like um what was that my wife and not my wife and kids remember yeah, no, was, uh, oh uh 10 simple rules yes uh, eight simple 10 simple rules. rules were literally all of a sudden they were like your father died in a car and we were all like oh right because belushi yeah. actually yeah. did die in real life and now you guys have, it's just like it's those things where all of a sudden you're like Oh, you said okay. Belushi. It was John Ritter. There you go, John Ritter. I, I cannot, <laughs> I cannot keep up with these people. But like, it was the wild. It's that wild thing where you're just like, you zoom out and you're like, whoa, yeah. you really had to. Okay, like you yeah. really have to figure out how to do justice to this and also do it in a way that's not like traumatizing for kids because you mm-hmm. know, 2020 was like children burying their t- which i'm yeah need to talk to all the parents that thought that was a good idea to help their kids bury their t'challa toys that was a little much parents that was a, a thing much, just a little much. yes it was all oh, over my for you that. page and i hated oh. every second of it and i was like you guys have got to stop having funerals for black panther with your children just like yeah <laughs> like chill out uh, yeah speaking well, of funerals film- Oh, wait, mm-hmm. there's one quick thing. Where was Bucky for the funeral? Bucky should have been Listen, there. Listen, the way I cussed Bucky Barnes out on my own Twitter feed when I was like, <laughs> first and foremost, I hope they take your arm and the Thunderbolts yeah. again. How the dare disrespect? you? Yes, I was like, be, I was like, Sam Wilson, where are you? Yeah. You, Sam, you would not be flying were it not for T'Challa and all of the people of Wakanda mm-hmm. that made you those wings. You should have been there. Like... There are so many people that should have been at that funeral. Oh, totally. I was so pissed. Absolutely. Old, old Chris Evans should have been there. Should have been like, there. Like, yeah. Sorry, Nicole. We got into that. No, was like okay. a very yeah, deep, is... like Marvel yeah, Cinematic yeah, Universe. I got yeah. very mad about this. I was like, Bucky, they really. But I was so you. mad. They I was, put you I was just like, Yo, Bucky, like, but Bucky, they gave you shelter. Yes. While um, you were a wanted felon. Rhodey, you know? the only other black superhero mm. in the group before half of these people. Mm-hmm. I was like, rude disrespect mm-hmm. that none of you would come but then i was like what did i expect from a bunch of co-workers that didn't go to natasha's funeral so here that's we are. A fair fair point oh she <laughs> died um <laughs> that was also my response when it happened to the movie i was like oh no she didn't oh, even get a funeral uh, screen right like no <laughs> in falcon and winter soldier they just, not falcon um in hawkeye they just went look it's a plaque and I went, right. right that's it <laughs> Uh, well, I was going to say, this movie had a lot riding on it. Not only, yeah. you know, how are we going to follow up after losing Chadwick, but then this latest phase, I feel like, has gotten people really mixed about Marvel. You know, yeah. it kind of like 2018 was such a strong year for Marvel. And, and obviously with closing out Avengers and introducing Black Panther that they were at the height and they just haven't. I don't know. They've been struggling, I feel like, recently, at least from what I, I see. How do you I guys mean, feel about it? I don't disagree. It? I think they have taken a couple big swings right at 
processing grief. That's been a huge mm-hmm. one. Which like, oh, yeah. there yes. are some of the greatest filmmakers in the world who've not fully been able to figure out how to talk about the process of what grief really looks like, right? Yeah. And then they also tried to introduce us to this idea of like the new face of Marvel are women and people of color and different, you know, all different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And like, and I think... I think She-Hulk did this really well in the sense that, like, She-Hulk's entire premise it. was the villain is toxic fanboys. Mm-hmm. But it's like mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. almost could set your watch to the outrage, right? It's like Eternals happened and everybody's like, ah, we're slow. And I'm like, have you watched a Chloe Zhao movie? You better be glad it was, it was this fast. <laughs> and it was like, so beautiful. I mean, like, like yeah, it, it was, was like such cinematically a stunning movie. I was like, just go with it. Just get into the gig. It doesn't just go with it. And it's like, it's boring and slow and big giant props and there's an alien coming out of the earth and you haven't explained it. Guys, if the alien coming out of the earth is the part where you lose all hope and I'm like, I don't know if you've missed it, but there's been a talking raccoon for the last few years that's got a whole fan base. Like yeah. the same thing with like Ms. Marvel. It's like, I think when we talk about this idea of like what phase four has also done really well is the communities that, things are made for it speaks directly to them and for everybody else outside of it makes absolutely no sense like there are literal moments of miss marvel where i was like i don't i don't know what's happening i don't i don't get it and then i would have like south asian friends that would be like yes kamala i get it okay (laughs) come on kamala come through and i'd be like oh okay so i'm not supposed to know what's happening that one speaks to me because I know Jersey City so well. And I know the little area that they're trying to portray exactly. on screen, right? What uh, area is that? The little the little India street. Oh, basically. Wow. That's okay. uh, what's it called? Like it takes place in that like whole little district. Uh little she's Muslim India. though. But like uh it's like that whole, you know, that whole like uh section of Jersey City by mm-hmm. uh, General Square. Very cool. Oh, and it's, yeah. it's it's wonderful. I actually so I, I agree with me. I actually have been digging this phase of the Marvel universe. Like I haven't had the complaints. I'm also not a white guy. That's my thing. <laughs> is I know. keep being very clear where I'm like, I'm also not the audience that feels abandoned. So right. like yeah. I've been But it's very so like, interesting because as a person who's not engaged, I hear opinions of it. And the opinions that speak the loudest yeah. are of the straight white guys at the end of the day. I mean you know, at the end of the day, they're also the main demographic because they live and breathe this stuff. They buy the merchandise. Exactly. They incorporate it into their fashion. You know, like all straight white guys like Here's to wear the shirts. Thing. The hardest I've ever cried. I mean, you know, I'm a Disney dork up and down. And the hardest <laughs> I've ever cried when I go to the park is when I see like a Muslim family coming to the park clearly for the first time being drugged by a daughter who is coming to see Miss Marvel or like I remember being there the night that um, America Chavez was being introduced and to literally see droves of Latino families like standing around and hearing like the dads be like, now how long is this going to be? And everybody's like, shut up, dad. And they're like, do you know how much parking was? And they're like, shut up, dad. And then to watch her come out with Dr. Strange and the crowd to lose it. It was like, mm-hmm. where I've been there when like the little kid is in his Shang-Chi outfit and then Shang-Chi comes to the balcony and he's like, ah, losing his mind. You know, yeah. it's like, that's the part that like, I, I laugh because I'm just like, oh, there are people now coming to this. In the same way when people say, where do I start with Marvel? I always go, oh, watch Civil War and pick who you like. Mm -hmm. Now my whole thing is like, if it's somebody who's like, I don't really get into this. I'm like, what's your vibe? Do you want like sapphic love affair? All right, let me 
direct you oh my gosh towards carol danvers i'm like <laughs> or you can get into the love story between you know io and one of the other dora milaje i'm like okay what are you you feel like you're misunderstood fangirl Ms. Marvel is your vibe. Oh, mm-hmm. you have tiger parents. Let me introduce you to Shang-Chi's dad. Like, I just <laughs> instantly now I'm like, what is your trauma? I will so introduce wait, are you there, to phase four. Are there any dyke superheroes? Because that's what I would like to watch. There's definitely been, like, Ms. Marvel, not Ms. Marvel, um, Car- Carol, Marvel. Carol Danvers yeah. is like, <laughs> Carol, uh, how She's kind of coded to it's be, like, yeah. okay. <laughs> She uh, she hasn't like come out yet, but I think Disney was too scared. I think they've been like dipping their toes. And then a little you know, um, uh, Love and Thunder. The whole thing is Tessa Thompson's character is oh that's is right, the yes, king. Yes. She's the new king of of Asgard, and she's looking mm-hmm. for her queen. So she's constantly the whole movie is just getting drunk, talking about like what woman left her recently. And mm-hmm. then this one, they have the nod, which again, like hats off to Ryan Coogler because somebody asked him like we ever see somebody queer in Wakanda and he's like well if colonizing never happens in Africa there's no Christianity to tell you that there is a right or wrong sexuality and he was like so I mean I guess everybody is kind of vibing with whatever Mm -hmm. they into and I was like I love that answer that he's like yeah if you know colonized religion doesn't show up we're all kind of just chill (laughs) that's true that is true yeah all right, so I think it's about time we start talking about Let's Wakanda do Forever. It. Uh, I saw it last night. Did you? Anyone see it opening night or oh, yeah. opening Tuesday, yeah. Thursday night? I was you Thursday, saw Thursday night. night. What was my, the energy? Oh my god, everybody was confused. I went to a theater with a lot. <laughs> so this is what I will say. I said this to my mom before we went. I said one of two things are going to happen. We're either going to go to a theater with a bunch of black people who have not seen anything since the last Black Panther and have no clue what's happening. Or it's going to be other nerds like me. My mom said, 10 bucks, it's the first one. And when we got there, I was the only one. Again, and my mom is in that category of like, do they, who are these people? My mom is Issa Rae. I'm rooting for everybody black. Like when I told her <laughs> Kang is an Ant-Man, she's like, I'll be an Ant-Man. When I'm like, Sam Wilson is the new Captain America. She's like, show me the last episode. Like she is not interested in it unless I'm like, Mom, there are black people in this. And she's like, okay, I'm coming. Okay. Now, who's that? So, like, truly, I was the one in the theater being like, oh, it's Valentina. Oh, my God. He just. Valid, yeah. Valentina. Every single person in the theater was like. Is that Julia Louise Dreyfus? Yeah. yeah. I see. Every single person in the theater was like, just crying over to Charlie. Meanwhile, I was crying about all of it. I was like, <laughs> I was having a full just meltdown. And then I was like, and there's mutants. I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. When did you see it, Rolando? I saw it also last night. Uh, okay. And uh, it was a packed theater. Like, it was a 9 p.m. Mine was showing. a packed theater, too. It was a packed theater. And yeah. uh, you yeah. know how I've been complaining about, like, how people have been rude in theaters? The movie started <laughs> off, obviously, with the death of T'Challa. And yeah. it was dead quiet. Dead silent. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. My theater was hear a quiet. drop. Yeah, yeah, like, like we, like, I, like uh, they didn't do the thing where, like, it starts off with a dun 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 It just went right into it. Everyone was just like, shut up. Yeah. Not yeah. one person spoke. I was just like, oh, finally, like, people are showing respect yeah. in the theater again. Because that's my biggest gripe with so, the theater going experience same. for the last few, like, last oh, year. Oh, absolutely. No, and, and the theater you're talking about, I had to actually approach people and tell them to shut the fuck up. So it's that theater in particular. Um, <laughs> back when I used to go those there. $7 tickets, you know? It's, yeah. So the movie begins with the death of T'Challa, and it's, told from the point of view of Shuri. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. also this is her movie. Yeah. 
And, you know, she's frantically fighting for a way to to pretty much not make it so until, you know, her her mother, the queen, comes and lets her know that it, it's final. You know, he's with the ancestors. Yeah. And then we visit, you know, there's the funeral and, and everyone's grieving. And I forget what it exactly is a transition, but then it goes into the Marvel logo, the kind of the same one for Black Panther, but it's it's quiet. And it's yeah, all it's, Chadwick. And it's all, and it's it's all, all Chadwick of him. Postman, yeah. And it's just showing all of these images from him, and it forms a Marvel logo. And again, in my theater too, it's it sounds in like your theater, my theater, yeah. your theater, quiet. And it was just so fitting. And I think like the power of silence yes. in that moment in a huge movie, you know, like has to be appreciated. That's they did it so well, you know, because everyone felt it and everyone knew too what it was there for. I have to say one thing that they have done in Phase Four. Obviously, Nicole, you you aren't a part of know. our crazy <laughs> cult, but they have played with the opening more than they ever mm-hmm. have throughout this phase, right? So WandaVision, they would tailor it to the decade of the TV show, mm, completely mm-hmm. eliminating even that Marvel opening graphic altogether. Um, in Ms. Marvel, there was a scene where they made it a full kind of like old school Bollywood, black and white uh, sepia tone with kind of the specific way we think of the music. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Werewolves After Midnight After Dark. Guys, there's a lot of stuff going on in phase four. They did it there's as black and white with like, the horror vibe where it's like an animal slashing through the logo. So I think it was interesting with this being the end of phase four, like you said, the silence, right? So they've played so much with every single phase and doing new stuff and changing the graphic as were this, it was like they closed the whole thing out by being like, want to know what the trick is this time? Nothing. Oh, so this yeah. is the end of this phase. Yeah, this is the I, end of this I, phase. I didn't know that this was the end of phase four. There I we go. told you I am lame. Gif- <laughs> I can't. No, I'm. I'm. Here we are in the phase. F- I didn't think we would see a phase five. To be honest, Listen, not, not not for lack of trying. It was more so just like I didn't think when they announced that there were going to be three phases of Marvel. I just assumed, yeah. okay, that's the end. Just like, One of my oh, friends no, said to me recently, like, "What's the end?" And I said, "There is no end. Like, we are, yeah, no, we are going to be going. in phase fifty. This yeah. is just going to. They're turning comic books into." television and movies it's yeah, yeah now that disney owns them. Yeah. yeah yeah i guess so disney's never gonna let it die no um they're gonna they're gonna do uh animation revivals and remakes of all of them oh don't worry yeah. like, that was oh, called wait, no. what if there, yeah there's also <laughs> there you, go. There you know you that go. wait you know that x-men is getting revived right the, yep. the cartoon and fantastic four oh wait, yeah. no i'm talking about the cartoon oh, from the, like, oh, the, the 90s yeah. it's also yeah. getting revived it's called x-men 94 oh, okay. and I, we're, we're probably gonna have to cover that obviously because yeah. that's such oh, a great, great cartoon. obviously yeah because <laughs> you know what's wild too is i think about when you were saying like we start this with the death of Chadwick, right? So within phase four, was a, there was a show called What If? And it was mm-hmm. all these like what if scenarios. Mm-hmm. And the crazy part is Chadwick voiced those characters. So those were his last performances ever. And wow. the crazy part is in every what if scenario, T'Challa had to die. And in every one of those, he gave like a speech. So when it was like, what if T'Challa became Star-Lord? He like mm-hmm. gave a speech about life and death. It's like, what if T'Challa became a zombie in one of them? It's like he gave a conversation about like death not being the end. So I think there was, again, something really profound about not having his voice, not having any sound mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm. like, just go like that being like, and that's the final way of closing this. Yeah. Out. And also yeah, props to Ryan Coogler for not cheapening yeah. at any moment or exploiting uh, his really, death. I mean, I didn't know how he was going to do that, but it was just something about the running around and the like, what's the confidence rate? 
and the and the way it felt and the claustrophobia of how mm-hmm. he filmed it and mm-hmm. then just ending it with her you know angela bassett silent and then her just saying like what is my brother's heart rate mm-hmm. you yeah. know it was just it yeah i'm i don't think we give enough credit to ryan coogler <laughs> this man yeah, no, he, yeah. is so I, good at what he does and like you said it's like to be five movies in i don't i don't even understand it yeah uh so who's gonna do who wants to volunteer to kind of summarize what Wakanda Forever is about? Because it's a lot. It's, um, uh, uh, Rolando, you're usually yeah. Good okay, at fine. It. I'll go with the short and condensed version. So we're dealing <laughs> one year after the death of T'Challa, and uh, the the nations of the world have decided like, oh, this is our time to strike. Like we can get to the vibranium and queen rwanda has to remind people it's just like you don't fuck with wakanda i'm like we're still here like we will protect ourselves if we have to uh basically what's happening is everyone on earth wants some vibranium that is found deep within wakanda so now they're searching for vibranium elsewhere and uh they discover part of it underneath the atlantic ocean surprise it turns out to be Namor's and Namor's actually because know, Namor, right? like, uh, <laughs> Namor and uh, his people of ooh, Taklak, Taklaklan, Talukan, Talukan. Thank you. And uh, he decides to go to Wakanda, gives them an ultimatum because he feels because they revealed their secrets to the world, now they're looking for vibranium, and he feels that uh, because of Tink because it's T'Challa, they're responsible for this mess, so they have to, like, ally with them to, like, kind of protect them. The Wakandans don't really like this because, you know, Namor comes off very threatening, very imposing of his uh, will here. So uh, they hunt down a scientist who is the one who discovered, who created the tools to find the vibranium. Uh, Shuri decides to protect her, gets kidnapped by the by Namor. I thought they were going to turn into a relationship. I don't think it's going to go... <laughs> I think Wait, everybody I was rooting for that. I think everybody I in my theater was like, so hard. Okay, go, uh, go for it. That was me at least. He's like, so, he's like, so sexy. Don't like, even get me so started. sexy. My oh my God. God. Did, can you believe that uh, one of the artists who drew Namor had the audacity to call him fat? I When I tell you he and Winston Duke in the same movie, when people talk about the male gaze versus the female gaze, like I know I make a lot of jokes about like, Chris Evans is so hot. Let me be very clear with everybody <laughs> listening to this show. I have crossed Chris Evans in the street and not realized it was Chris Evans. But let me tell you what, if I ever saw Tash Huerta or Mr. Winston Duke, I know I would stop and be like, hello, please tell I mean, me more. Winston Duke is a mountain of a man. Like, I mean, there's you won't miss him. Like You won't miss him. He's so hot. Also. I mean, the, I mean, the, this whole cast is gorgeous. So like, this it's, is, like, it's upsetting when you watch a movie is. where you're like, everybody here is beautiful. It's just you so hot. Can go to hell. Um, uh, the princess is rescued and taken back to Wakanda. Uh, Namor follows, starts a skirmish with them, killing the queen, Angela Bassett. Uh, Ram- Ram- Ramonda is her name, right? Ramonda. Ramonda. To this uh, day, the coldest line I've ever heard in my life is, "Oh yeah, when Barry, just you're like, dead. You're uh, queen now. You're queen now. Yeah. Oh my god, I was so into him when they were like going to Talukan, and she was like, "Oh my god, it's the sun rising under the ocean." Only 15 minutes later, for him to be like, "And your mama's dead. Good I luck." So I was like, 
I was distraught because I'm just like, yo, Angela Bassett is giving performance, all right? Why why are we stripping her? My mom and I at least once a day yell over the balcony to each other. (laughs) I have have I not given you everything? (laughs) And my dad, who still hasn't seen the movie, is like, What's happening? I wish I had gone (laughs) with you guys. I don't understand. Yeah, no, I mean, you can give any sort of dialogue to Angela Bassett and she'll just turn it into a tour de force. Yeah, it's just, you like, know, she like. She has that ability yeah. as an actress. I think. I, I, she's really, she's I've really loved her. Strong I think the actress. first performance I remember her as a kid was What's Love Got to Do yes. With It? It's just ever yes. since then, I've been obsessed. Uh, yeah. So Shuri, as a, what's it called, decides to work on, you know, creating that uh, heart herb. Yeah. And, uh, in the process becomes the Black Panther, the new Black Panther. It would be assumed that she would be the queen, but we'll get back to that a little later. Uh, and uh, as the new Black Panther, her first you know, decree is we're going to go to war with, with Namor. And uh, they they kind of tra- entrap Namor with a plan to like kind of like, you know, subdue him. It turns into like this big fist fight, which is when I realized like, I don't think, I don't think they're getting together, guys. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't think this is going to work out. I don't out. think love wins here. Yeah. <laughs> I was really excited, I but it wasn't. I that we don't get a toxic relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but at the end, when it came to the moment for uh, Shuri to maybe kill uh, Namor, she chose not to because she was actually being influenced by Killmonger. So Killmonger made an Listen, appearance, which I was I like, When I tell Whoa. you everybody's favorite Hotep came back, I was like, oh my God, he's, <laughs> he's really still hit. here and he's he, still just as hateful in death as he was in life. He was playing that dark side of the force there. He's just like, go kill. You know you want yeah. to. Like, go for it. And honestly, let's be very real. Like, I was, again, it's just like, you know, he's right. Like, you, like they killed Angela Bassett. That is character. the comedy <laughs> like, of, like, yeah. these movies because. Ryan Coogler is doing something bigger, right? He's not just talking about superhero stuff. He's talking about a bigger topic, which is like when you're watching this Mexican man and this black woman and he literally says to her, so you think if they didn't have all that we have, they wouldn't come after us? Everybody in the theater was like, no, he's mm-hmm. going to pull yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So Shuri shows uh, kindness to Namor. Namor retreats. They have a... Uh, kind of a forced alliance at this point yeah. now and uh uh the big twist at the end is that shiri discovers he she has, she has a nephew uh prince T'Ch- T- prince t'challa yeah uh from nakia and, yeah uh, is that T'Challa's what um do you remember when uh ramonda and shiri are on the beach and she goes to shiri i have something i need to tell you about your brother yeah but then that's when he comes do you think that's what she was going to say because oh, i was like I they never got back to that I didn't think about that because I was already mad for Shuri because I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like you, a whole year has passed since he died and not once did they think of like letting her know. I mean, she needed closure. But it totally I know, made sense yeah. though when, because when Nakia was talking and they were like, after Thanos' attack, like you left us was like a comment they made. And so I thought, oh, right. You find out you're pregnant and now all of a sudden like half the world gets dusted mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. like, I don't want to be here anymore like I, I can't be around these people like this is all too sad I also want to say again props to Ryan Coogler because I realized this is the first time I've seen a movie where Haiti is not shown as like this dark scary voodoo yes. place and it's uh-huh. instead shown as this like vibrant place with all these resources and that it's like this safe haven so like mm-hmm. I've also seen a lot of like 
Haitian people and Haitian American folks be like, finally, a good representation, a start of a good representation of Haiti. So I thought that was really powerful too. Just just kind of breaking all of these like expectations that people have because of the way they're represented already. Yeah. You know, which is just like, you don't realize it until until you're watching and you're like, oh, that went in a different way than I expected. And I can't believe that I even expected that. You know, like when they started, especially when they gave the backstory for the Talukan uh, which I thought was probably my favorite part of the movie. Oh, oh, that um, was yes. just stunning. wonderful, f- stunning filmmaking. And, you know, it, an interesting approach too. the only thing that didn't work for me was I didn't quite understand why he hated people on the land so much because he didn't what? really have any interactions with them until he went to bury their mother and they were just being idiots well like people on land always him, right are. it's like his mom had told him like the surface is in a very like little mermaid way right it was like the yeah, surface but- is beautiful it's wonderful like everybody up there loves and supports mm, each other and it could be that yeah, yeah. and then he the comes people- out of the water and they've got slaves and they're like yeah you're the devil and he's like wait a second <laughs> This is not yeah. what my mama told oh my me about. I, I guess if, if they had killed his mother, I would understand his absolute hatred and rage or something like that. But he just kind of went there to bury her after living very peacefully and was like, well, these people suck. Yeah. Well, I, just, yeah, no, no, but he I also, thought it was but such an extreme reaction. He witnessed, but he witnessed the people that look like him and his family See? being and that, enslaved. And, and then I will and, say, again, props to Ryan Coogler because he was very clear that these are the Spaniards. Spanish, like he yeah. was yeah, very clear yeah. of like, let me break it down for y'all. Like there were so many subtle things in this that I was like, wow. And the yeah, monstrosity. I, I, guess I didn't realize that he was being hyped up about how great that. Yeah. Like the, he was, yeah, he was being told it's like a wonderful was. place. And then he gets mm-hmm. to land. And he's like, why are my people in chains? And they're like, I because see. they are. And he was like, <laughs> guess he's going to say that. otherwise. I'm burning your yeah. house down. And then they and were like, was, <laughs> I, I felt nothing but anger when that last, uh, the priest of all people, right? He's just like, mm. you're a demon without love. It's just like, are you right? Like when you, you had just seen this man 30 people. seconds before standing there watching people get whipped. And he's like, you have no love in your heart. And he's like, yeah. all right, Which bitch, is, say and less. I do, and I love the way they came up with the name, uh, at least in this canon, how yes. they came up with Namor. Like, see Namor, yeah. Namor, I was, I, I think. I screamed. I was like, I'm Nobody love. around me screamed. I went, Ryan Cooler is a genius. I want him to get more things. Mm-hmm. Do, do we know if he, um, did he write the script? Yeah, he, he wrote he, the script. I think he wrote, yeah, he's he, one of the writers. He's one of the writers? Yeah. Okay, yeah, like, wow. Right? Props. Uh And impressive. then for them to be for speaking, sure. like, not just, but speaking Mayan. Like, mm-hmm. even the interviews yeah. I've seen with the actors when they're like, you would be very surprised how hard it is to learn an <laughs> ancient dead language. And Seriously. I was like, but then what was funny is, like, I've heard the actors say that they were like, the first time we got confronted with having to learn the Mayan, we were like, oh, this is like an old dead language. And the guy was like, literally the actor that was teaching these Mexican actors goes, well, a lot of you have learned Latin, haven't you? And they were mm-hmm. like, okay, we're going to shut up now and learn yeah. <laughs> and learn this. See? There you go. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and and the whole world of Talukan, I th- at first I was like, okay, there's another hidden world yeah. and they all they have their secret thing. Yeah. At first at first I was like, fine. But then as it went on, he just he got me more and more. Even though they looked like they lived in Pandora. I did want to point out the stark difference between this one and I'm not knocking Aquaman because I actually do like the Aquaman movie, but like this one had like a style yeah, that like mm-hmm. Aquaman kind of just feels generic. In comparison, Aquaman went very like they live under the water, so don't try to make sense of any of it. Right. As when this was like, we're gonna explain why the sun is up. Mm-hmm. Like 
why this is it's working. Meso American inspired. Yes, it was like know? okay, mm-hmm. thank you, mm-hmm. because I love a good time as much as anybody, but I will take myself out of it very quickly, being like, what's happening? Right. How is Nicole Kidman, <laughs> Jason Momoa's mom? Explain that to me. <laughs> well. It's the toxins in her face that make her look so youthful. I know. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) to this day, I'm like, y'all really tried it with that origin story. And then you'll have the nerve to be like, we don't know why people don't love the Warner Brothers (laughs) interpretation of DC Comics. (laughs) I wonder why. Uh, Uh, I do want to point out one thing. There was mm -hmm. a criticism that I saw on my TikTok from the Washington Post variant cover. I'm giving them a shout out because I I actually do. They do such a good job. They're great. But one of the things that they pointed out was, that's interesting, was, the 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 city that they were inspired by has like a lot of uh aztec and mayan influences they were kind of mixing yeah. cultures and they're calling it out because like if you go to thor like that's strictly norse culture yeah. they don't you know they don't they don't mix in other cultures so it's kind of like you know uh that was one critique that i had yeah. heard and i think it's fair but at the same time it's just like okay but i've also not gotten anything like this at all so like let's right. baby it's the, steps it's the same way when people critiqued black panther where they were like oh everybody's got like a random african accent and i was like mm, no they specifically told picked like tosa for all the wakandans and then mm-hmm. like the jabari have like nigerian accent but it's like but then i'm like you i'm like guys let's also be really excited that we got this movie and absolutely not make ryan coogler feel bad <laughs> yeah 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 no totally it's just like i think it's no a, like I i'm think totally it's with you it's to like point it out. yeah like it's but. a super fair point and at the same time it's like i can also assume that some of like the art team was probably like well let's mix all these kind of ancient cultures mm-hmm. together since this is like a made-up land and we want everybody to see like who knows yep. yeah yep. well i guess to that point the only time that i was like oh wow like i'm seeing a story here that i hadn't seen was the backstory yeah. but then when you see the people who inhabit talukan you know they all look like from avatar they're blue <laughs> so like the only person they're blue on the outside they're blue on the outside of the water outside the water that was my favorite can i say my yeah. other favorite moment is when mm-hmm. that cop on the bridge is like, is she blue? I was like, sir, you have way bigger problems in front of you about what the color of this woman's skin is. Now, I know this wasn't meant to be a joke, but for some reason that felt like such a good joke to me that this cop's first concern was like, what color is she? That's What's true. happening here? And it's like, sir, there's a whale behind you. There's a very large man in front and of also- you. This is also the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, it's just like, haven't we seen? I was like, sir, other things at this point. You have <laughs> seen an alien on the news make half the population disappear in your media. Like, yeah, like, why are you surprised as a blue person? It's just like this should be like at this point status quo. Like, you've all heard of Ant Man at this point. Why are you shocked by this? So tell me about the scientist. Is she a character that yes. was in any oh, film? Oh, that's right. So Riri Williams in the comics is kind of like a protege of Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Okay. And my favorite part about Riri's backstory is that she's from the south side of Chicago, loses her parents to gun violence, and basically decides that she's going to create her own Iron Man suit to protect her neighborhood. So she's like, known as Ironheart. Yes, as Ironheart. Oh. And because she's like this kid genius, she basically goes to MIT like three years early, created the suit and everything. But Eddie gasped yes. next to me when he saw it, just like, oh, it's Ironheart. And I was just like, I had no idea who he's talking about. Because I don't, he's a okay. comic book reader. And I was like, I was like, who? And he's like, you'll see, you'll see, you'll see. And I was just like, oh, she made an Iron Man suit. That's so cool. Oh, Ironheart. Yeah. Got it. I just, I am really fascinated by the idea that like, some of the smartest people in the MCU outside of Tony Stark, right? And we're living in a post-Elon has bought Twitter and proven he's not a genius <laughs> world. That there's uh-huh. something very 
joyful to me about this next generation in the MCU of like the smartest people in the galaxy are like at least right now where we're established are two young black girls. It's true. It's Shuri and it's Riri Williams. Right. And it's like, and I find that to be very fun. And I thought that whole scene with her just felt like very like black women, because it's like, Mm -hmm. they're arguing about makeup shades matching before they go into the room (laughs) with her. Then when they're Mm -hmm. in there, she's like, she's screaming at them. Then she like says that great, you know, she's like, to be young, gifted and black. Am I right? You know, and even just that subtle touch of like her tech got stolen by the US government. She didn't even right. know it was being used. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's just that whole scene is just so funny to me, especially when she's just like she's like, Oh my god, you're the princess. Oh my god. And I was like, Oh right, this is a world where this girl has now seen these people on television. Like yeah. she reacted how we all would, which would be just fangirly up. I would lose my mind. Yeah. I would not be chill if like Cherie knocked on my door. I'd be like, oh my God. Yeah. Hi. You know, I I thought one of the most interesting scenes of the film too actually was when something happened to my favorite character, which is Okoye. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when that's when Ramonda pretty much, you know, stripped her of her strips title. Her yeah. of her title. Yeah. And it's all just because she is consumed by her grief. And, you know, it's interesting because this is a film essentially about what happens when you let negative things consume you, Yeah, you know, and the kind of the drastic consequences of those uh, those emotions being so strong within you. And that scene, first of all, Angela Bassett, oh, of course. You want to talk about like, acting your ass yeah. off. So, yeah. And it's like, you know that what she's doing is wrong, but she she acts it so well that you completely understand why she's doing Oh, wait, doing. no, yeah. I understood. I, I mean, I, I, I didn't yeah, disagree. And, I felt it. and, and I, the yeah. fight they were having the where moment. she was like, where everybody was like, well, Okoye gave up her husband and her life. And it's like, mm-hmm. and you're like yeah, well, you are right. And she's like, her yeah, husband, yeah. she could go see her husband right now. Like mm-hmm. she could go and it's like, I have nothing because I've prioritized you all for so long. I just, oh, like, yeah. I know people love to poo poo and they're like, these aren't real movies. But I'm like, if Angela Bassett doesn't get something for that monologue, <laughs> I, yeah. it's up there to with me with like Viola Davis and Fences where it's just, you mm-hmm. know that there's a film student right now memorizing that entire monologue with the emotions and being like, I would like to perform Queen Ramunda from a... Uh, Black Panther Good. 2? I agree. I, I'm so glad you said that, Mackenzie, because I think me and Eddie came out of that saying, like, mm, she deserves a supporting actress nomination. Yeah, no, I for think sure, so. for this yeah. role. I mean, yeah. it's not like it hasn't happened in superhero movies. Heath Ledger won his for you know, a superhero movie. So. This, Joaquin still, Phoenix won. I still oh, right. think Joaquin Phoenix, most, best actor, no less. You know mm-hmm. what I think is funny is this movie makes a constant commentary on this idea of like what it's like to be a minority, right? Which is like you weirdly start fighting each other when in reality you're constantly having to acknowledge like we're not even each other's enemy. And I almost think there's something very poetic about whenever I tell people like, oh, Black Panther is one of the greatest movies I've ever seen and it should have won an Oscar. And I'm like, and you want to know what won that year? Yeah. Green Book. (laughs) And I'm like, you want to know what lost? I was like the fantastical idea of Mm -hmm. black women owning themselves and black men supporting them and wanting to run a country with inclusion and all. I'm like, and you want to know what won? Throwing chicken bones out the window of a car. And it's like, and it's, and I feel like there are moments in this movie that almost even acknowledge the absurdity of that, right? Like, here she is at the UN being like yes. where she is being questioned of like well how do we know we can trust you with with vibranium how do we know we can trust wakanda 
Meanwhile, as she's talking to them, then brings in the French, which we mm-hmm. know are colonizers, and mm-hmm. American soldiers, which we know are colonizers, to be like, so explain to me how we're the problem when I just plucked these people <laughs> yeah. out of trying to steal stuff from us. And you know, that scene was also really like, it's such a simple scene. It was shot so great yes. because there's a there's a medium close up from the angle on, you know, the French person mm-hmm. and the, yes. the United States person, but she's in a wide, but the camera's a little down and it's looking up on her. Yes. And so she has all of this power. So you just feel the power of like, and she does that thing too, where she looks to the side, she looks to the left, she looks to the right, and then she starts talking. Yeah. I mean, like how to evoke power in the way you set up your shots yeah. and the way that you block it, you know? Like, again, just Ryan Cooler. Right? It's you. all roads lead back to Coogler. There we go. Filmmaking the here. Did you, I never thought we would talk filmmaking about a comic book movie. Well, not uh, about a Marvel movie specifically. Yeah. But I'll be I honest, mean, yeah. I think that's so, also an exception. But that's where yeah. this has gone, though, right? It's like when it's again, and I think, Nicole, you probably speak to this. It's like if you get the right conductor, the right artist, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's a cartoon, if it's a comic book, they will make something that you're just like, wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, and I think he's one of the strongest, actually, filmmakers yeah. that, you know, MCU has. I mean, you know, I was disappointed by the work that Josh Whedon was doing when he was yeah. making the films. You know, mm-hmm. he just, he was phoning it in. And here's someone who no, has limitations, who I has to... He phoned it in. The I know, I was about to feel like... <laughs> the first one was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he, like, he has to follow the rules that Disney and stuff, the yeah. template that they give him but then he's like well what can i do with this yeah you know and how can i make it my own and, i heard somebody and he once say with job. creativity they were saying like this idea of when we think about computer science right it's in the binary and the real creativity comes with people who can take nothing more than zero and one and make something amazing with it and i feel like mm-hmm. i feel like ryan cooler is when you know sorry to marty scorsese but when they say stuff like these movies are awful i'm like yeah if you're phoning it in and you were just handed zeros and ones. Yeah, it's kind of like, mm, that's a little formulaic. Mm-hmm. But when yeah. you hand somebody zero and ones that goes, okay, okay, all right, I'm going to do something cool. Then all of a sudden you're like, like you said, you're watching the movie going like, that is the most incredible camera angle to show yeah. power. And then you have to go to yourself, oh, right, this is a Marvel movie. I forgot for a second that we are in the mm-hmm. middle of the same movie that shares a universe with Hawkeye. Yeah. And actually to that point, the Martin Scorsese thing, because it does still piss me off all the time. Oh, it's to just this like day. it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like the not for nothing, but like mouth. these studio blockbuster films yeah. uh are the backbone of the industry. They do fund all the smaller projects. And yeah. no one I'm I'm not hearing him complain about all those uh knockoff Netflix films that go direct to <laughs> Netflix and like, you know, I don't see like, anybody complain n- about all these westerns. Yeah. Well, now you're now you're now you're stabbing <laughs> Nicole in the heart. I know. <laughs> Well, I, okay, what I think he was trying, I think he put his foot in his mouth. Oh, I do too. I a million percent think he thought he was like, he he dropped the mic and then everybody was like, hey, Marty, hey, Marty. Yeah. It's it's a little, mm, 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 mm. mm. What I think what he was trying to say is that he's upset that it's become all people care about. Yeah. And that they're not open to other types of films, you know, or that they won't go to the theater to see something that isn't a spectacle. And movies are more than that. Is all. Yeah. I think that's what he tried to say. But yeah, he was trying. But then at it. the same time, he like friendly fired everybody. And like poor Chloe Zhao yeah. was like, so I just won an Oscar and said yes to this movie. What is happening? Like, yeah. yeah and also like, like yucking our yum. Well, and also it's like, you his know how I feel about that one, though. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> let people like what they like. Yeah. 
But his contemporaries created Star Wars. You know, Steven Spielberg. Yeah. It's, it shows that you can make art and also make a blockbuster yeah. franchise. So anyway, um, let's talk about some of the nitpicks we have with this film. Okay. Um, I wish. I, I, Namor I don't think I have anything. At the you don't have any. <laughs> no, I was going to say I wish Namor Speedo was smaller. Oh, actually, I kind of. Okay, fine. This is like a very, very. Uh, I can give you my mom's nitpicks, and they. I just wish, made me laugh. I wish he had a bigger butt. Okay, thank <laughs> that you. Would be my one thing. Namor had legs. But like, yeah. I just wish a little more booty. Yeah, you know, just pop mm. a I couple agree. more squats or something. That mm. would be my one thing. But God, he's so fine. He's so so fine. You know what my uh, nit- you know what my uh-huh. nitpick was, and I realized it in sitting there with my mom and sitting in the theater. They have where Marvel is now. It is truly comic books, right? Where it's like, if you want to pick up an edition, you'll enjoy it. You'll have a good time. But if you read none of the other titles around it you were gonna have literal moments where you go i don't know what's happening and that's when i felt bad for my mom because there were moments Mm -hmm. where like that where julie louis dreyfus was talking to martin and my mom just went why are you fidgeting so much because yeah because mom they're married can you believe it that was my reaction too i was like they were exes i didn't know yes and my mom's like what is happening or she go well, or she go why this man got feathers on his feet and i said mom because he's a mutant and she goes I, I don't, you gotta stop well, for me all of those sequences with martin freeman and julia weiss trifus i was like why is this here what is this serving to the film and then at the end it didn't ever get resolved well, so it was he just got like freed. now but that's the thing like these are like you said rolando they're more like tv series yeah. but yes. for me who likes to view them as films or it's like okay as a film yeah like I don't know, like that kind of because you know what was funny. Is I, I shouldn't kept be required thinking, to watch everything in order to enjoy it as a film. Well, I kept thinking what was funny is I kept going if they removed this entirely. I thought about like people like you, like my mom, like the people in the theater. I was like, mm-hmm. if they removed any of these ties to the rest of Phase Four, people would be like, I really like that. I really enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah. Because like, what I found funny is I because my mom was like, what she was like, what is. The, why is Black Panther always so different? And I said, because it's the argument I once heard like um, Roy Woods Jr. make about Luke Cage, where he said, Batman, everybody gets to fight in other planets, all over the world, all over the country. He goes, Luke Cage does not get to leave one block in Harlem. That's true. And it's like, and that That's is what like- I said to my mom. I go, the wild part about Black Panther is they have been fighting the U.S. government <laughs> and white people. <laughs> For five years now. Like, that's literally <laughs> what the... I was like, because what's wild is you realize that, like, Namor, Killmonger, all these people, they're just the antagonists. The real villain they keep trying to lay out is, like, people keep trying to come to this country and colonize it, and they have to keep fighting each other to be like, mm-hmm. guys, we must stay focused, in the words of Dr. Omar. Mm-hmm. We must stay focused and keep it together. And it's like... And I think yeah. that's the funny part where, like you said, those moments that were nods to the rest of this comic book, you could feel my whole theater being like, what? Who? Yeah. yeah. Why are we in their kitchen? Um, yes. No, I, I actually, I knew Julia Louise Dreyfus was in something else because people in my theater reacted. But oh, I was like, I mean, well, yeah, I don't she, She's been in um, a couple of things. Yeah, she's been in point. a couple things yeah. in phase four. And she has like, a, not a standalone, but like a project where she is kind of like the Amanda Waller of her. Yes, yes. Universe. That's, I, like her own I thought, squad. 
Well, I thought, like, I was like, is this a character from Veep entering the MCU? First of all, cool. I mean, that is how Julie Louis-Dreyfus Louis is playing her, and mm-hmm. I am here for it because I love that character. Yeah, it's just you, like, yeah, any yeah. any chance I get to see some more Selena Myers yes. on screen, yeah. I'm just like, I'm taking it. But it was just a funny moment where I realized, like, everybody sitting around me was kind of like, What? Why? Wow, the Thursday uh, night crowd was confused. That's funny. It's funny because my Thursday night crowd was very much in like Northeast DC, like a majority black crowd that clearly was like, like we were all in white. Like we came for a home going of our king. And then it was like, what is this movie? What is this yeah. movie in the way of the rest of my movie? <laughs> I think also Black Panther is going to get people to see it that don't necessarily indulge in every single yeah. thing that the MCU puts out. And I think that's why also Black Panther is so good is because I think it's I think it's one of the better properties that they have out. And I think it works outside yeah. of the MCU. So. It really but I have does. A, if you remove yeah, those I scenes, so. it was still a good movie. If you yeah. keep those scenes in it ties it to the rest of these projects. But if you take those out, you realize like somebody said on my TikTok for you page, they were like, the the thing this set up was black Panther three. They are not thinking Mm -hmm. about the rest of these people outside of this wall. They are dealing with their problems. Again, like Luke Cage, they are just trying to hold down this one block Mm -hmm. in Harlem Mm -hmm. while everybody else is like in galaxies and talking to aliens, which is very reminiscent of the early MCU, right? Like the early MCU was just that they were just like these, like the Captain America story was as tried to be a self-contained. Well, I guess up until the second one, then yeah. it kind of like, uh, got, but you know what yeah, I mean? Like they were trying weird. to be self-contained stories, part of a overall greater narrative. Now the narrative is so important because of how much has happened yeah. that like, we get to a point where like, it's just like, oh, if you missed something and uh, you, you're you're out. And exactly. you know, I'm, I've so, everyone, a lot of my friends keep asking me like, how am I not tired of like the Marvel <laughs> stuff? I'm just like, I don't know. Like they figured it out. The, once the TV show started coming, I could watch it at home. I'm just like, I'm, I'm in. They've they've hooked. Yeah. Meanwhile, my mom is still like, I'm not doing this with you. She's like, just (laughs) like we literally were sitting in there and she sees Jonathan Majors on screen for Ant-Man for Quantum Mania. And she just goes, I don't know these people. And I went, mom, that's she was like, is that Kang? And I said, yeah. And I go, but, you know, we could watch Loki so you could know where she comes from. And she goes, I'm not doing that. No. I saw Michelle Pfeiffer's in that, and yeah. I was like, "Oh yeah. shit!" But yeah. she goes, yeah. "She goes, oh look, it's Bill Murray!" Like it makes me laugh because <laughs> my mom goes, "Now at this point, like, she goes, it's also just these wildly famous people." She was like, "Cause yeah. she goes, she goes, I love that it started with like the recovering drug addict and that guy <laughs> who kept doing rom coms were the only mm-hmm. two people they could get to make these movies, and now all of a sudden we're at like." Oscar winner Lupita Nyong'o and like <laughs> comedy icon Bill Murray, Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer. Like she's just goes, okay. It's gotten crazy. That actually brings me to my two nitpicks of Black Panther. Is one, it's a little too long. Could have shaved off five or ten minutes. That, the um, man said that leaving our theater too. He just goes, "That was a good movie. That thing was long as shit, though." It was. It was a little long. And two, it needed more Lupita Nyong'o. Oh yeah, I, I agree. That's fair. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, I think that they could have shaved off some scenes and then maybe if had they replaced the scenes that they took out with Lupita Leongo, then I would yeah. say it was a perfect like. You're like, we could take out all that like phase four connectivity and we could because I uh-huh. felt the same way about Riri Williams. It's like I wanted a little bit more at MIT because I'm like, I can't imagine how crazy that must be. I mean, mm-hmm. we know we're getting a standalone show with her, but I was like, yeah, there's got I wanted a little bit more of that Peter Parker moment of like seeing how 
extraordinarily brilliant she was at this campus mm-hmm. in that mm. way because like they gave you that nod where she's like charging the people for their papers but i just wanted right. like one more moment of her just yeah. being like yeah you know building something else that i was like what mm-hmm. yeah i also uh the moment that my theater reacted the most to was when uh, Okoye was like, oh, colonizer in chains. Now I've seen it. Oh, yeah. We screamed. Was, we screamed. All that of Northeast great. DC yeah. just collectively was like, oh, the other one that like that I say a lot and my whole theater did was, you bald-headed demon. Demon. Oh, that was a good <laughs> That was one thing about M'Baku. He's going to give you bars every movie. He's going to give you one line that you yeah. cannot stop saying. My, also, my theater liked that one too, yeah. <laughs> I This isn't my gripe, but I've heard it said on the internet a lot, which like, hmm, they're annoying. Are black men that feel like this is a very anti-black men movie? Weirdly? No. Which hmm. I, I, and no. I, it, exactly. So it's just like, it's not anti- It's, it's not, not anti- And I think like what's almost really powerful and beautiful is like, I feel like especially this past few years like we've been having a lot of conversations about like how do you support black women and protect black women and like it's all embodied in in baku which is like you provide counsel you provide protection you give an ear you're there like but you're not controlling you're not commanding you're not like i'm the king you little girl it's like i'm gonna give you room and you decide you okay i also have to say my favorite moment that made me laugh was like nakia just kept being like so who did you see in the ancestral mm-hmm, plane because mm-hmm. you seem like real amped up so like who'd you see buddy and everybody's like i don't think she saw her family because she mm-hmm. is big mad and yeah, i just want to like you could raise women to excellence and stuff and not yeah. that's not necessarily putting men down that yeah. doesn't make it anti right it's just and i like, thought that was you know? so strange that people like had that take but i was like that's because yeah you can't process this idea and i just love that he finally put the nod of like um uh michaela cole's character and io when she mm. like brings her the food and she's like thank right. you my love and i was like yes, oh yes. yay we finally got it yay it happened <laughs> the one gripe actually now and thinking about the film that i would have is in making the more the antagonist of the film, we un- we end up seeing like this fight between two marginalized Let groups. Let me tell you, that upset me to no end. <laughs> yeah, like it is something, be- but it's also something that's just like real in like unfortunately minority groups. Yes. Like there is like this hostility, especially mm-hmm. in the Latino community, like right? Like if you're Afro-Latino, you're perceived as sometimes less than, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's just like, yep. it's not, I get it, I understand. It's 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 true to life, but like it, it would have been nice if we had like one villain that was not a marginalized yeah. representative group. That's what, that would be the, my one. The thing. same critique my mom and I kept saying was like, why the brown people got to fight each other? Like, right, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And what would and again, I thought that whole speech with Namor talking to Shuri and literally saying like, yeah, all your things you're saying are valid, but like, do you understand if they if like the surface people meaning everybody that don't look like us the unmelanated folks we're having these conversations they would not hesitate to take everything from us and like those are the moments yeah. like you said nicole when you're like you got an antagonist saying some things and i'm like well he's got a point <laughs> like there was a brief moment when he was like he was like we should team up and get rid of them and you could hear my whole theater be like well i mean it, it what a, a beautiful wedding that would yeah, be. Yeah, we were like, not a, yeah. not a bad idea. Not a, not a great idea, but like, I've heard worse. You know, it's like that brief moment where like fiction makes you pause where you're like, oh, 
ooh, I just went to a really dark place where I was like, well, we should think about it. We should consider. <laughs> well, uh, it looks like they're coming back. So we're going to see more. I mean, I can't wait. People. So I, I wonder if getting a standalone, way, but... is he? Film? Ooh. Possibly. I, just, I heard rumors. Ugh, I don't care. I just want to stare at him all day. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So yeah. closing thoughts. Uh, I'll kick it off. I If this film doesn't get nominated for a couple of Oscars, I'd be shocked. Yeah. But like. And if, not the technical ones. We're talking like the important yeah, not we're talking about the, like, like, the, like the quote unquote real ones. Not the. <laughs> well, ones. I actually no I think that it <laughs> needs to get nominated for best score because the yeah. music was just wonderful for this film. Um, and my mom, who's actually over here, just literally called out, "Yes, you know." So because like the music really, I think, I helped transcend this yeah. to also just feel different. It didn't feel formulaic or like every other yeah. cut and paste music. Um, and of course, Angela Bassett. So yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the third one, more Lupita Nyong'o. Those are my closing thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe now that you know she has a son, so she'll have to be yeah. in it more. Yeah. Uh, for my close, I don't know. I. I- it's exciting like it's just like it was a nice feeling to just see uh the mesoamerican culture like being represented on screen and just kind of having that feeling of just like this is so awesome i've never seen this before i felt like a little kid you know what i mean especially when you think about like the atlantis myth it's so greek right it's i want to say it's greek right i want i think it's greek or Greek, maybe Roman. I don't know. Western, uh, and mm-hmm. like to ha- to turn that on its head and make it like a Mesoamerican like culture and stuff. It felt it felt cool. It felt yeah. I felt not necessarily seen because I technically have more ink and blood in me, but that's just. <laughs> uh, but it felt it was awesome. It was. I felt like it's just like this is. I understand. I understand why. Asian community rallied when they saw Shang-Chi. I understand now why the Black community rallied when they saw Black Panther. And like, I get it now. I'm like excited for a namor standalone project whatever that may be um yeah i mean i'm with you nicole i think shuri had one of the greatest scores used to introduce a superhero i've ever seen that thing Mm -hmm. went so hard because they did such a great job of mixing that specific t'challa score with this kind of like new synthy kind of they mixed both Killmonger and T'Challa very well in like T'Challa, uh, not T'Challa, um, uh, Kill, yeah, because Killmonger always had this very like Bay Area synth, like 808 kind of beat to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there was a regalness to T'Challa and they combined it to make her. Um, I'd say my big thought was like, you know, being black, it's dangerous, but it's lit. And like this movie <laughs> just was like black women. And I was just like, wow. What a, imagine, imagine not being a black woman. Couldn't be me. Could not be me. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, the I think the two at least biggest movies, like box office wise, were two sequels that people did not think were going to be all yeah. that good. You know, Wait. and that kind of like changed Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick. And this. The greatest oh, movie ever made. <laughs> Don't even start about Top Gun Maverick. How dare you? Don't get me started again. I rented oh my a theater in my building to watch it on Memorial Day. I just worked at an event where they had a Top Gun party with a Tom I, Cruise. I saw that on your Instagram and lost my mind. Yeah. I, I was like, I want this that to be was my a birthday good person. party. He looked so much he like He was excellent. He was freaking me out. Are you sure? Yeah. Was it just him pretending to be an impersonator? No, it definitely he was, his, his skin wasn't very wrinkly. Can you imagine but, uh, if Tom Cruise low-key was like, I just want to go around and see what people say about me when I'm not around, and he just so was I like pretend pretending. To be yeah, pretending Tom to be Tom Cruise. Yeah. I pretend to be a Tom Cruise impersonator. <laughs> 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 Well, Mackenzie, uh, we are 
I mean, every time you're on, it's just we have the best time. And totally. we love it when you come on so much. And we'll, we'll see you for Little Mermaid. But oh, if you I, come back sooner, I will we would appreciate be back. it. That's what I do. I insert myself on the show like I work here. Uh, we couldn't be happier. We could yeah. not be happier. Um, no, yeah. But guys, have you watched the latest Black Panther, Wakanda Forever? Let us know. Share your thoughts on our Instagram our handle is remakes reboots revivals you can also reach out to us on facebook slash remakes reboots revivals and drop us an email we love hearing from you remakes reboots revivals at gmail.com and we also have a hotline that i'm going to pass over to nicole, nicole. Oh, let me see if i can get it up t- <laughs> what is that hotline? All right. our hotline is 862-248-2326 that's so right give us a call yes leave us a call we may play it on the air when we have mm-hmm. enough of them and make a little collection episode. Yes. Mackenzie, so, we love those. once again, thank you so much for joining Thanks us. for having me. And uh, yeah, this was, I, I had a great time. Great conversation. Yeah. Y'all are the best. <laughs> As always. So, but until next time, stay, stay unoriginal. unoriginal.